If you missed it last hour, Courtney Cronin came on. She said she does not believe at this particular time that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Neither do I. But things change. And, Mike, when you start getting packages thrown at you right. and you say, okay, wait a minute. They'll give us three first-round picks. We could swap picks, go get another quarterback. We could get more for Justin by trading this pick. It just starts to kind of overwhelm you, and you go, wait a minute. We might be able to fix all of our stuff within an offseason. Like, you start to think that way. Now, the first-round picks are going to be spread out. They're not going to get three first-rounders this year, but you could have a one next year or two next year and maybe a second, and all of a sudden, the, the time period for you to fix your team, guys, we're in this period. Get shorter. How long is it going to take Terry Fontenot to fix our team, right? Mm-hmm. Part of our issue has been, well, we got to get the next quarterback. We still don't know if we got the next quarterback. We could be in the quarterback business two years from now. But he has to cut this timeline down, Mike, because GMs don't get five years to fix a team anymore. No, not, not at all. And uh, if you missed it, uh, we'll play it. I don't want to see it. Rewind, but uh, Courtney Cronin covers the Bears for ESPN up there. And two things. I mean, you could argue you could draft a quarterback with that first pick. You could then trade Justin Fields and take in a bunch of picks for that and then go build your thing. Or you could trade down and still get the quarterback that you've earmarked for the future and continue to load up. Because one thing's for certain, and she pointed it out, it's a bad football team. It is. And, and it's not probably fixable in one draft. So you might want to think, and again, I think – uh, Fields is a guy, I think he needs more weapons around him. I think he needs better coaching. I think the same thing goes for Lamar Jackson. I think that uh, Munkin going up there, I think, is going to help him in a big way, but they need more weapons around him. What about this? Have you throw something crazy at you. All right. You trade Lamar Jackson to the Bears, and then uh, and you have to give up a bunch of picks, but then they trade Justin Fields and accumulate some picks. Yeah. I mean, that's who knows? Now, the Bears are probably not going to do that because they've gone and done stupid stuff for 20 years, and they're trying to get away from that as an organization. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, there's a lot of stuff that's floating around out there. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's interesting. But, but the perspective of where the Bears are, and the reason why it matters for us guys, again, if somebody comes up and gives them an incredible package, it changes potentially how teams respond. Because all of a sudden, some of these JMs are going to go, wait a minute, the quarterback I want, it might be gone. Right. Now I'm going to get desperate, and I may do something. And meanwhile, we're sitting here going, just sitting back, and all of these picks start happening, and all of a sudden Mike and I are screaming at, like, is this guy going to be there? And and maybe a Will Anderson is there. Or maybe a Jalen Carter is there. And by the way, Carter is back at the scouting combine. Um, you know, he was booked on those misdemeanor charges. He showed up last night, uh, if you didn't hear about this, um, brief stay. I mean, he showed up. They, they charged him or whatever they do as far as – the charges are concerned, and uh, now the court process will play out, Mike. But he's back back in the combine. Yeah, I, I'd imagine there'd be a lot of rental cars at Hartsfield-Jackson with scouts from other teams right now rolled into Athens. Because in all seriousness, is there going to be – is when the other shoe drops? Is there another shoe to drop, you know, in the Jalen Carter thing? Is there going to be some more information that's coming out yet? Because Do you feel that way? You know what? I, I don't, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. I know that there's going to be a lot of me, media outlets that are going to – what. and look, the optics aren't great, but they're going to try to pump this up. I thought Seth Emerson had a really good uh, piece. They really put everything in perspective about what Kirby needs to send as a message beyond just kind of the perfunctory stuff that he said yesterday. Yeah. And we'll talk to Seth at 4 o'clock, by the way, dog fans. But I still think, look, you, you have some time because the draft is until the end of April. But it would be interesting because according to Courtney, who covers the Bears and was at the Combine, a number, if not all, the NFL teams were blindsided by this, including the NFL. If you didn't see it, the video, the NFL person goes, uh, spokesperson, uh, he's got a medical thing to do. And they didn't, even they didn't know this was coming down when he, the news broke that he got uh, arraigned, right? To go uh, turn himself in. Does it bother <clears throat> you at all 
the timing of the release of the information by maybe the AJC or the police department doing this the day that he's going to speak at the combine. Yeah, but this is always the way it works. This is always the way it goes down. Now, if somebody felt that... So they couldn't have waited till next month. Well, two ways... Like, I don't know... <laughs> I'm just asking. Hey, I don't know how the Athens-Clark County Police Department works out. Uh, works. I know that, you know, for years, and we talked about it, Mark Rick's guys would get nailed for spitting on the sidewalk. And, and now something like this seems like there's... A delay before things happen. A guy gets busted, and then we don't hear about it for a month and a half. Could be a, a, the situation with uh, with uh, Tom, with uh, the, the wide receiver transfer from State Thomas. Yeah, you know, there's Rah Rah Thomas. There's other things which, you know, okay. So the the, you know, the chief of police calls the dispatcher. Let the cops know that the fixer or the guy the the facility, whatever you want to call him from George is coming down. I don't know. That seems a little bit different to me than it has been in years past. And maybe that irked somebody on the police force. Who then relays that information to the AJC? Yeah, I just—I don't know. Listen, I mean, just one one theory, just a theory. Here's the deal: I've known a bunch of investigative reporters in my life, and when I first got into this business, there was no immediacy with digital, so guys had to sit, men and women had to sit on stories, Mike, until mm. the paper decided that they were going to put this story out, and whether or not you know it was going to be a week or two weeks, they've had all the information. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people and they're like, you're not going to believe this. And they tell you everything and you're like, well, why is it not out? And that has changed. And my point is, now in this this era we're in where, hey, I can get it right now. They've had this information, Mike. Mm -hmm. They could have put this out, but they chose to do it. And I know the only reason I'm having that conversation is I had it today with a couple of Georgia fans. That part of it bugged them like, come on, you couldn't have waited. Maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, they put it out when they wanted to put it out. But it happened to be the same day the kid was going to speak. Yeah, but that's, I mean... I don't mean to pop this on some folks that this is a news flash when we're talking about the news, but that's generally how they drop it for maximum effect and for maximum impact and exposure. Is this politics? <laughs> well, we, you know, we talk what about is this. We talk about the October surprise. Thing is, now we have an October surprise. Nobody bats an eye. You know, you know, just grab them in the back years ago. That would have been a game over. <laughs> game over. Yeah, doesn't matter anymore. All right, more to get to. Uh, before we do, can we hear Nolan Smith? We didn't play this yesterday. He spoke at the Combine. Um, obviously, he was asked about Jalen Carter, and this was the first time. <laughs> yeah, what is this, politics? <laughs> Wait until the, you hear the news about Carter. Time now for the McLaughlin Report. Cokie Roberts, wrong. Jack uh, Jermatt, wrong. That's right. Again, that's the, Chris, you know what I'm talking about? See, this was a roundtable political show great. that used to be on NBC that was, was parodied great. by Saturday Night Live in the 90s, but I'll stop talking. No, it was really good. Uh, Nolan, Nolan Smith, though, first time he was asked about Jalen Carter, and then it's the first time we've heard him talk about the accident. And him and Devin Willock were very close. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said this. If you didn't hear this, I just... Mm. Uh, it moved me. Um, you know, after the natty, I didn't, I didn't go home. You know, and it's the first time I'm talking about it. And um, that's my, that's my guy. You know, and that's one person that never did anything wrong. And I got sensitive in Cincinnati. I get sensitive talking about it just because I love him. And um, he never did anything wrong in his three years. He was supposed to graduate. Most people don't know his his brother passed like that. And I'm just I'm sorry to his mama. No one should no one should live like that. You know, no one should deserve to die like that. He never did shit wrong. I'm that's what he said. And that's as heartfelt as you're gonna get from Nolan Smith. 
and that was him talking about that, the accident, and, and how he felt about, you know, Devin Woolock. Nevertheless, we're going to see. Mike says maybe there's something else to this, this story. We're going to talk to Seth uh, Emerson coming up at 4 o'clock. Right now, let's get to an NFL blue. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league, this is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. Can we start with this Aaron Rodgers decision? What's taking so long? I saw another interview today, uh, and this wasn't with Pat McAfee, by the way. It was another platform where he's uh, in, a, I guess, his house, got a nice fire crackling in the background, and he's talking about, you know, doesn't want to drag out the process. And I don't know if he just likes the attention or what. I do think there is a growing sort of, I guess, a, a groundswell of folks up in Green Bay, including their GM, that are like, it's maybe time to get off the pot with this guy. And maybe they missed their window, the two national championships, sorry, two NFC championship appearances, and then the divisional playoff, and then not making the playoffs. Mm. And they're in Rodgers. Here's Rodgers about decision coming soon. There's a finality to the decision. And I don't make it lightly. I don't want to drag anybody around. Look, I'm answering <laughs> questions about it because I get asked about it. Um, I'm talking about it because it's important to me. If you it's don't like f- it and you think it's drama, <laughs> being a diva, whatever, then just tune it up. Mm-hmm. It's fine. What this a- is my life. <laughs> what are? What do you think we think it is? Yeah. I mean. Do you, I mean, does anybody, maybe I don't know if people don't remember that Brett Favre did this because we didn't live in the kind of social media age we live in today. Brett Favre pulled this same routine, and Aaron Rodgers has taken it to another level. Now, Brett, granted, Brett was just comfortable in his Wranglers and he'd be down there at his farm, and this guy goes and does the blackout for four days, <laughs> you know, when he's, when he's not, you know, with his crystals and peyote and everything else. But this is going to be, I just think maybe it's come to a head in Green Bay. And, and I, but I, see, I don't know exactly where the landing spot is. The Jets isn't such a slam dunk. Everyone thought it was about, what, three weeks ago? No, it's not. I, but, yeah, the, the, there's a finality to this. Yeah, you're going to go away and be rich. <laughs> I mean, yes, really? you're still going to get paid $50 million and just be, won't be doing it in Lambeau. It's unreal. Hey, John Harbaugh, when somebody says, that's my guy, yeah. that's my guy. He's be- my quarterback. He's yeah. my guy. I love him. Yeah. As a coach, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing it get done, but it's not easy. It's never easy. It's the business part of it. So, But I'm really hopeful and excited, fervently hopeful, and uh, can't wait for it to get done. Did he use a big word right there? Fervently? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. With emotion, fervently, demonstratively, okay. I think that uh, I like Harbaugh. I don't like his. Nobody likes his brother. I think lots of people likes me like John Harbaugh, <laughs> but uh, but this thing is kind of you know That's beyond his control. Yeah, but he's saying all the right things. He's he said everything that you possibly could in the last uh, eight months to endear yourself to that guy, Lamar Jackson. All right, let's talk my about this. Guy, love- That's my guy. Let's talk about let's talk about the contract, Mike. What what, what about the contract? That he you- wants a fully guaranteed contract, allegedly. If that's if the reports are accurate, and the article that came out uh, from the Athletic or was it ESPN? It was ESPN that said he wanted specifically Deshaun Watson money or more. That's not realistic. Not for a guy who's had some injuries and missed a bunch of games and has seen a level of performance decline from an MVP season. Now we can debate all the circumstances around that team that need to help him be better, but I just couldn't do that. I, look, three years ago, I'd thrown the, everything in the kitchen sink to get Lamar Jackson, but now I could never do that. And now the money seems ridiculous, Carl. You get guaranteed money. At least if somebody, heaven forbid, gets injured, you have some form of relief because you can move on from it. You know, and there's only a certain portion. Like Carson Wentz pocketed $105 million. That guy hasn't played a complete season in five years. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Jackson has missed 10 games total in the last two seasons. Five, five. 
played 24 games, missed uh, 12 plus 12. He's, he's missed. He's missed yeah, he's, 10 he's games. He's played 24 games, right? Correct. In, in the, he's missed 10 games in the last two seasons, five each season. Okay. And the deal with the guaranteed money, again, I, I don't know. Well, I, my guess is he's going to be traded. I've been telling you guys this for months, but. I don't know what team is going to ultimately t- take this offer mm. and do something like this, Mike. But here's the deal, and this is what I would say: whether he wants fully guaranteed money or not, and they're just, just you know, reports are disputed. If you knew whatever it is you do, that the guy that does your job got a fully guaranteed deal, and your next contract was coming up, you wouldn't ask for a fully guaranteed deal. I'm not telling you he's getting it. What I'm telling you is he has every right to ask because the NFL owners screwed this up. Well, Jimmy Haslam has screwed up. It's not his fault. Jimmy Haslam has poisoned the well for NFL teams with that ridiculous – the Deshaun Watson contract is dumb. It's just dumb. But it's not his fault. No. The guy got the deal, and I'm the next guy to get a deal. I'm asking for what he wants. Yeah, but other guys – Fair or unfair. But other guys got deals that weren't as big as Russell Wilson's new contract extension with Denver wasn't as big as Deshaun Watson's. I just think that there's a a middle ground between – Yeah, but that was his second deal. but there's a middle ground between where Kyler Murray got a deal and his performance isn't as good as Lamar. Look, Lamar needs an agent in this. I'm telling you, if they had an agent, this deal would have been done because he would have been talked into more of a common sense and he would have made more money than Russell or Kyler but less than Deshaun. Wait, why does an agent have to talk you into common sense? No, in some cases you might be asking for too much because you're not qualified to be doing this deal because you think you're doing off emotion as opposed to the, what you need to be, which is the business side of See, it. See, I don't believe that. Now you're saying that he's not smart enough to do the deal. No, I think there's people advising him that don't have experience doing this sort of thing. He's working with the Players Association, which, Mike. Which, that's no guarantee of anything. I'm just telling you, everybody else got paid had an agent. Only guy who hasn't gotten paid doesn't have an agent. The Players Association doesn't know what's going on with contracts. They know what's going on with every contract around the league. Then then call it a coincidence. Every other major quarterback, and I'm not talking about linebackers or wide receivers, but every quarterback who had a big deal coming up had an agent, got a deal. Anyone who doesn't is Lamar Jackson. 404-741-0929. You guys tell us what you think. Because if he is moved, it's going to be huge. And whatever team gets him, changes their trajectory right now. If he goes to the Jets, mm. all right, pick a team. It doesn't matter. He goes to the Dolphins. It doesn't matter. Their whole system and where they're headed changes immediately because I think he's that good. Coming up, we're going to talk about the guy who broke the Jalen Carter story. His name's Alan Judd. He went on with John Chuckery last night, had some interesting things to say, and maybe some things you are not aware of, including when he got called back to the scene. Wait until you hear it next. Coming up, yeah, man, no man's on the way. Mike and I in a passionate conversation about Lamar Jackson. Now, it doesn't mean he's coming here, okay? I threw that out to you guys a few months ago, and you guys lost your mind. I do think he's going to get traded, but I do do think Mike, as we were in, in the break there, because sometimes our conversations go beyond the, the, uh, the air, and Mike said something to me that I think we all need to think about And this is what I was talking about with the Players Association, Mike. It's bigger than Lamar, and you came back in and you said to me. Yeah, Squid Billy was talking during the break because we had to go to commercial break, and we got got to follow time, otherwise Squid yells at us, even if he's got a great thought. Uh, If the Players Union has been involved, the Players Association, in advising Lamar Jackson, it could – 
doesn't take a leap of faith to think maybe they're saying and getting in his ear going, you push for his guaranteed contract. You push for that money. Deshaun Watson got, you push for even more because the NFL wants guaranteed contracts. Now, baseball, we've seen it ruin teams. Basketball, guaranteed contracts that plays into load management and lack of effort sometimes. It drives you crazy. The NFL, for the fans and for the league, the benefit is it's not great for the players, but it's great for everyone else. The salary cap works, and it's the most successful league because they've found that balance. And the last CBA, they moved – remember, it only passed by 51 to 49%. So and when we get to another one next time, it might get ugly. But players, could you imagine, Carl, the association getting in Lamar Jackson's camp's ear and saying, you push for fully guaranteed money. And that's it. When I say the Players Association is aware of what's going on with all these contracts, how do you benefit the masses more than you do the individual? Yeah, but I don't think it's fair for him, just to play devil's advocate, I don't think it's fair to make him become Kurt Flood for football. Neither do I. But you know what? Because you guys, let me just tell you how the NFL works. It's called, um, what's that word? Collusion. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's already happening. I think it's already happening, which is another reason why you go, okay, Ravens won't pay you. Let's trade him. And if he gets traded, that team has to be willing to take on this kind of deal. And, Mike, if they don't do it or not willing to do it or some team's not willing to trade for him, what's going on? Why not? So I I believe that that's happening. I think it's one of those unspoken things. Owners meetings is coming up here at the end of the month. And the the Daniel Snyder thing will be the most talked about thing, but I I think this is something that also is going to be getting a lot of run, Mike, from – NFL owners being asked the questions about these guaranteed contracts. And don't uh, get it too twisted. I think you look like we do this. Spot Rack is the nice website that gives you all the information up to date on the cap space. The Saints were able to pull off deals all the time, being like $50 million in the red. Right. And remember the Jarius Bird signing? We're like, well, how the hell did they pull that off? Signing a guy for $40 million, They were $20 million in the hole. So they can find a way to move money. But the most likely spot that everyone keeps a point to because they look at the teams that already have quarterbacks and the ones that don't, and it comes back to us and the Raiders. And that's where everyone keeps going. But we have Ritter, but I know Ritter is still not the most compelling piece for everybody. No. He, and, and, again, it's not his fault. I mean, it's not. I, I it, it. If Ritter tore it up in four games, let's just say Ritter threw three touchdowns and, you know, in three of the four games, and we won three. He was two and two, but let's just say we won three of the four games, and he felt, it felt like he was the reason right. we'd feel differently. The problem was he got thrown into a, into a crap offense. Yeah. I mean, by the time he gets there, there's no pits, the offensive line limitations. And I think because, you know, if you go back and watch Squid Billy, our producer Bo pointed this out at the time. Not it wasn't like you had four receivers going down the field all the time. Nope. There were no progressions to go through. It was usually one or two reads because there was a tight end or there was a fullback or there was somebody back there helping the line keep him alive. So I'm with you there, bro. Jalen Hurts was not as very he wasn't you know, Ritter was more accurate and threw no turnovers, but Jalen Hurts gave you those wow moments as a lot of guys pointed out in his small sample size when he finally got on the field. Uh, his what three years ago now for the Eagles? All right, moralness coming up. And guys, it's one of the listen. There's probably about three, maybe four stories. That are going to change the, the the face of some of these franchises. Whether you like Derek Carr or not, he's an upgrade for a lot of these teams that are interested. The Aaron Rodgers decision, Lamar, what whether or not he's there or he gets traded, like these are huge offseason decisions. And Mike, with free agency approaching, a lot of stuff may get worked out before the draft. We may know a lot of this happening before we get to the draft. All right, um, I want you to hear Alan Judd. Alan Judd uh, broke this story on the AJC. 
Uh, he went on John Chuckery's show last night, and we've been talking about Jalen Carter. We're going to talk to Seth Emerson coming up at 4 o'clock to just kind of, again, move this story forward. Seth had a great article today talking about it's time for Kirby to speak, and I do agree with him on that. Um, and this is not, and not about the blame game. This is simply, mm-hmm. hey, what's going on? And this is what I'm telling my players. But Alan Judd, Mike, talked about Jalen Carter being called back to the scene. And for those of you, again, who are not following us, he's there. I don't know if he saw the accident. We can assume he did. There's a report about him, uh, some gentleman, you know, trying to look over the, the side yeah. of the, the hill. An SUV right after it happened, which people are saying, that, again, folks are, are putting it two and two together. They're, they're surmising that was his vehicle and that would have been him. And if he's at the accident site and doesn't call 911, that's a bunch of that's a whole bunch of more questions for a lot of people to ask, including the police all the way to NFL teams. So Alan Judd said this about him being called back to this. I think it was an hour, hour and 30 mm-hmm. minutes later after the accident had happened. One of the supervising police officers who was, uh, you know, looking into the, this accident uh, knew that a bunch of of Georgia football players had had gathered there, and he was curious how they knew um, that this had happened, and but and, you know, apparently was suspicious that this involved racing, partly because of just the, the speed involved um, of the crash. So he um, he finally got the, some of the players to say that Jalen Carter had been the one who called and said this happened. Um, he he went over to Gant, who was on the scene, and asked him to bring to bring Jalen to back to the to the crash site so he could be questioned. And this was something I was talking with Georgia fans over, and we're not trying to turn this into some crazy conspiracy, but just my my gut again. This is just one guy's opinion based on things we've seen in the last few years. Do you feel that maybe there was an effort made if if if, if hypothetically the player? Jalen Carter was overserved too because everyone was out at toppers. Maybe somebody was drinking, maybe they weren't, to make an effort to sober him up, get his head right. And uh, then he did still give conflicting information to the police. He did. No, he did. Uh, listen, originally. Or did the police do him a steady by not even thinking about a sobriety check? Um, I don't know. I don't either, Mike. Again, I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole, but a lot of people are asking those questions outside of Georgia. Well, <clears throat> if this was a normal traffic stop, and you were involved in it, and you witnessed this, and then but the problem was he misled police to begin with. I don't know if they knew he was there, and then they knew later, mm. and it was it was too late. But if you were there, and this is a normal traffic stop, my guess is, uh, and you're suspected of racing, which they investigated the car, I'm giving you a breathalyzer, right? Most people, right? Correct. That's that's it. I mean, and, and we talked about this yesterday in the show, the fact that, you know, because now you have body cam, so there's really... It's not much the police, not the old days, like, oh, hey, we're going to call your wife. Get out of here, you, you crazy. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. You know, my dad pulled over Joe Namath on a motorcycle. My dad was a motorcycle cop in New York. True story. But yeah, call, call somebody at the Jets. Get them home. But, you know, a completely different time. Now you, you begin to look at the, the body cam they shot. You, that video's gone out there and gone viral. They're telling him, man, you've got to slow it down. You've got to slow it yeah. down. Here's Alan Judd talking about. And that was the previous stop. That was the stop in the fall. Witnesses confirmed more than one car involved. That was the original report. This is what we originally heard. This was the only car we didn't know. About Dumas Johnson being there. We didn't. Yeah, but we didn't know Jalen was there. We didn't know he was following these guys, right? We didn't know what the circumstances were. Here's Alan Judd again from the AJC uh, on ninety-two-nine. The game. From really the the beginning, they they said this this again. As you say, it was a single car accident, just a tragic thing that happened uh, because she was driving a little too fast. But then um, even within a, within a minute or so of, of when the crash happened, they were getting calls to 911 saying there were other cars involved. There was another 
SUV that was stopped in the road and somebody was out, out of the car looking around and then he got in the car and left. Mm. All right. See, that's where I, that's the one thing that really you and I talked about yesterday on and off the air. I mean, those are your teammates. And I know that as we said, you're young, you're freaked out by them, you're completely freaked out at the time, but still there's gotta be some part of there's gotta be some part of your your I don't know, your conscience that says my that's my teammates down there. Yeah. The thing that bothers me, and I don't even know if it's more, because it's hard for me to qualify more or less how I feel about that aspect as much as I do about the previous stops for Jalen Carter. When you start to build a history like this and you go, well, he just likes to speed until somebody loses their life. And Chris sent us the video, the, the cop video. Right, and we just talked about where they basically let him off with the – I mean, they, he got – was it Chris Good? Uh, was it 90 and a 45? It was. 79 and a 45. 79 and a 45. And <clears throat> the, if you watch this video, and Bo and I were talking about this, and listen, I've had my fair share of police stops and, you know, been very lucky at times uh, just from, you know, guys just being courteous. You're nice to them. I, I wasn't necessarily speeding like that, but – you know, you're 10 miles over, and they, they want to have a conversation, and you, they let you go. And you go, whoo, okay, hey, thank you. This cop talks to Jalen Carter, Mike, and then he alludes to, yeah, I just stopped a few of your teammates. I mean, you watch the video, and he's like, I just stopped, I just stopped, boop, and they bleep it. And I also did, boop, and you're like, so what's going on with these guys just speeding all over Athens? Like, what's yeah. the deal? Well, and these cops, he's trying to help Jalen Carter. He's like, look, I could give you a ticket for this, this, and this. Slow down for me. Mike, that's more concerning for me because if I'm an NFL team, I'm going, you've been warned, right. and I see it, and then you went right back out and you did this, yeah. and you didn't give a damn about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't get too holier than now because I received you – you were listening to me on the phone that day. I got pulled over on the way to Charlotte. You did. I did. You know, so, I mean, I think it's, if there's nothing else we can take from this, and it's part of the message that Kirby put out. Now he wants to talk more about the lesson learned and, you know, for the program. But, yeah, everybody's got to be smarter out there. On the surface reach, you can't do this. You know, on the interstate when there's other people driving who don't have the acumen, you couldn't be doing this. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of kids out there that have really high-performance vehicles now on college campuses thanks to NIL. I said to you yesterday, truth be told, look, you can get nailed. You can kill yourself driving an 89 Ford Taurus, okay? Let's be honest. You're going to get behind the wheel of anything. You may go over the speed limit. But it just seems like this is going to be the pushback now from the NIL angle. Yeah. I got friends that have cigar boats, Mike, cigarette boats. They push it. I mean, you don't buy those boats to go no wake zone they, 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 speed, they, right? They, they, right? they push it. And the reason they push it is because it's available right. to them. I, I hear you. I get it. Look, You're I, absolutely I, right about accidents anytime. Right. But I also think if you give me 800 horses, yeah. I'm probably going to push it. Right. All right. Coming up, yeah, man, no man's on the way. Uh, Seth Emerson is going to join us at 4 o'clock. He wrote a great piece about the dogs today. We're going to talk about that with him. But coming up next, yeah, man, no man. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Just in- it is Dukes and Bell coming up. Seth Emerson's going to join us 4 o'clock. And I think he can do it. We're going to tell you what that is at around 420. Stay right there. Let's get to Yeah Man, No Man. Yeah. It's time for Yeah Man, No Man. Kind of makes me wonder why the hell so many people are trying to tell me to slow down. Seems like we should be shutting the hell up and enjoying the show. He's six foot one. <laughs> Not really. From Florida, Kennesaw State, and gives rapid fire questions. <laughs> It's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Bo Morgan. Brought to you by the W Sauce, America's Worcestershire Sauce, bigger, better, bolder. All right, Bo Morgan, what's happening today, man? Still the best open on the station right there. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, it is. It's fundamentally sound. It It is. is. I mean, look, it's it's truthful. You know, my height, it's uh, self-effacing. We got a great uh, Marcus Davenport laugh in there. True. It's the best. Um. All right, well, we can't really talk about the weather today because it's crappy outside. But, hey, we still got warm weather, Turtle. Um, That was a weather reference. But let's get into it. Let's get it since you guys shortened my time today, and we want to be on time for the the great Seth Emerson. Although you made a great point about the Players Union uh, perhaps pushing for a guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract. We expanded on it, and then our ergo caught into your time. So it was actually, it was uh, sort of like uh, the snake eating itself. (laughs) Well, you know, Mike, I can't help it that I have great points, and they're well thought out. I think that the PA might be making Lamar Jackson a sacrificial lamb. So, anyways, Auburn had a rough. It's had a rough year this year. You know, they're they obviously were rolling with Bruce Pearl, but this year they kind of came back down. Now Alabama is kind of having that. Now Auburn's nineteen and eleven. They're they're trying to make the NCAA tournament, and they had a seventeen point lead last night on whatever you want to say about Nate Oates and his squad, but they blew it. And oh. Alabama came back to win. Oh, so it made for a little bit of radio gold oh. in the post-game radio interview that Mr. Bruce Pearl did, who's the Auburn head coach. You know, obviously they made some made some plays. We had a hard time staying in front of them at the end of the day. Um, I'm just sick and tired of our guys getting smashed down there, smashed. Coach, just talk about what what Saturday represents now. Oh, just we'll get ready to play Tennessee. We were, we were incredibly outmanned at the end. At three, four guys on the bench in foul trouble. <laughs> Bruce Pearl goes W total WWE on the SEC officials. Now again. You pick, flip a coin. Who's worse, SEC or ACC in college basketball, football? I think it's a push. But Pearl was hot. Smashed! <laughs> That's got to go in the machine. Put that in the machine. I love it. Hey, you can only go after the officials in so many ways. And um, listen, it's somebody is going to pay attention to the next game. He's talking about Tennessee. Tennessee's really good, by the way. Joke! Somebody's going to be paying attention to Bruce Pearl losing his mind and the next officiating crew he gets. I guarantee you they're going to get calls. Now, I want to give Chris some credit because that's like a two-minute interview that I sent to him and was like, hey, man, the very beginning's gold, the very end's gold. Uh, do it, do your magic. <laughs> and he got he got the good – because there's the middle where, honest to God, Bruce is – you could tell he's upset, 
but he's normal. It's building. He, he, it's yeah. building. So he like he freaks out, and then he's like, it's kind of not a shot. It's kind of like Mike's rants because when Mike Michael I, did you find another gear? Michael get mad, and then he'll like. He'll he'll talk him he'll talk he'll talk he'll talk and he'll talk himself angry again and that is exactly what Bruce Pearl just did there. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah, that's true. I do sound like a mental patient when I kind of cross over to the dark place. <laughs> yeah. Smash. By the way, isn't it fun that both basketball coaches in the state of Alabama at that level both had an ethics bypass at birth? No, that's true. Yeah. Well, I, that's probably. I mean, I, I don't really know Nate Oates has just seen what we've seen this year, which has been really bad. But mm. maybe that's where uh, that's how Alabama got their idea mm. to go hire a guy like Nate Oates because they saw what Auburn was doing down there with Bruce. Paul. <laughs> now again, I, I mean, we're going to hope that Mike White does a great right for Georgia. He's doing a good job, right? But yeah, he's just not the players yet. I mean, he's going to build it. He's right? done a good job. They've lost the last couple of few games, but Mike, I'm with you. No, listen, coaching matters. Right. Bruce Pearl, we know this. You're going to win with Bruce Pearl. Yeah. That, that, that Auburn team this year is a little bit flawed. Alabama. Get a little trip from the NCAA. <laughs> Alabama's better, and last night they proved it again. Yeah. But Bruce Pearl's just making a point, man. Listen, right. give, me a, give me my will. They were at home, too, weren't they? Right. Yeah. And it's, it is funny because, you know, we talked about the UVA foul non-call about, what, a month ago? Duke fans are living in a world that we don't get the calls now. Yeah, again, it's the officiating. It's funny. You've got you've to work it. Doing that and setting that you just called it out. Sending the message for the next game is part of the game. Oh, no wonder he went off. Yeah, they were at Alabama. Okay, so they're on the yeah. road. They got, a big, they got a big lead. SEC refs don't have the balls to make tough calls on the road. We've a- seen that before. Alabama comes back, and he's hot. Because, Joke! Yeah. I get it. I get it. I'm I'm assuming that Alabama didn't do the pat down entrance since yeah. there was no uproar about that last night. Well, Nate Oates did say he was going to talk to the player and that it was over. That he was not going to uh, allow it to happen anymore. I, I think you know we talked about this uh, last week where he said he didn't know, and that really upset me because right. coaches know everything their players do. Right. And he was like, "No, I'm I'm drawing up plays while these guys are you know getting introed." Really. Not one of your assistant coaches went, Coach Oates? Uh, yeah, he's getting patted down. We might not want to do that this, this anymore. Yeah, considering the the defense by Alabama fans was, what's happened all year? Watch the games. Yeah, it has happened all year. And this is why you stop it at the point where somebody's been shot and killed and you brought the gun to the scene. You got to – Mike, read the room. Uh, it's just to me, Nato, it's like you, you've, you've been coaching this team and you have no idea that this is part of the pregame ritual and you didn't think that maybe it was time for somebody to say we're not going to do that, uh, in that moving forward. I mean, Nato's is either the most tunnel vision coach in the history of college basketball or he's just a guy that's in denial. And, again, it's – I look, thought you were going to call him dumb. Well, basketball is the – it is so <laughs> dirty. You know my rant. I try to save I this rant. I thought you were going to call him dumb. Usually I save this rant for later in the year. you got to understand, we think all these guys are really brilliant, and some are. And some are just glorified gym teachers. <laughs> Sorry if you had a dumb gym teacher. I had great gym teachers. And, Carl, we're still friends with ours that are also the high school football coaches. Yeah. But some of these guys are literally just glorified gym teachers who just advanced on, and they are just they don't have common sense beyond what they do on the floor with their team. Joke! <laughs> and by the way, he's still saying joke after he threw the headset yeah, down. That's hot. the best part. Um, yeah, he's... He's a little, but he, he's a race car in the red. He yes, knows he what he's doing. Yeah. You narcissistic, selfish piece of garbage. <laughs> That's you know, it's compare, <laughs> compare and contrast. All right, I'm gonna save. Uh, 
I'm going to save this other story for tomorrow, hopefully. No, let's get to it no, today. No, we don't have time. You got two minutes. Come on. You got two minutes. It's like, and guys, by the way, I've always thought the clock was a complete waste of time, but we do in the radio, you do have a time. You're supposed to keep out and in it's and out. It's different when you have a guest because then yeah. Seth will start at 4.04, and then you guys will go like, 15 minutes with him, and then now it throws the whole clock off. But it's all relative. Only got two really killer stories for guy talk. So the later we run with Seth Carl, it all just pays it forward. Plays it forward. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to go late to make Mike. All right, all right. All right. You know what? You know, just, what was it? Just do your job. <laughs> I just thought you could now yet. Well, you got a minute and a half now. Yes, yeah, see, that's how. I, look, I'm turning into you guys. I know how to All burn right, time. Save, save this story. Yeah, I'll save, save it for save tomorrow. It, save it for tomorrow. But I, what I won't save is my message. Just do your <laughs> job. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> guys, don't forget. Yeah, man, no man is always is brought to you by the W Sauce. Bigger, better, bolder. Go to the WSauce.com to find a retailer near you. And don't forget about my friends with the Georgia Hemp Company. Go to them for your uh, St. Paddy's Day, and they'll help you celebrate with uh, Georgia's finest CBD. And don't forget, when you go to georgiahempcompany.com, use the code SQUIDBILLY10, and you'll get 10% off your order today. Turtle, hit Mr. Squid's music. Smashed! (laughs) (laughs) All right, coming up. We're going to push the story forward with a guy we respect in Seth Emerson. He's covered the dogs a long time. He wrote a great piece today saying it's time for Kirby to speak. We're going to ask him why next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.